welcome to Checking the Gate, a film and religion podcast, where every month we look at a film and a TV show and how they relate to film and religion. I am Michael M. Patty. And I'm Robert Wright Sasko. And today we are discussing in our film portion the recent release Exodus, Gods and Kings, directed by Ridley Scott, and in TV Corner, the greatest adventure stories from the Bible. That's right. We are recording this on New Year's Eve, so happy belated holidays to everyone listening late. Yes, we just had our gift exchange. Mike got me. I'm very, very, very happy. I got the Jaeger Gypsy Danger from Pacific Rim. So you remember uh, from past episodes how I went over the moon for Pacific Rim. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Robert got me a General Zod action figure and a little Cornelius toy that, uh, like, I think it climbs up curtain rods and stuff. I don't know. I'll have to see when I get home what it does. Yeah, I I think it goes on your... um, your headphone oh, wires okay. and stuff, so while you're enjoying your iPod, you can enjoy it with Cornelius. I shall. <laughs> so let's get to it. Exodus. I, I give give us the plot. You know, for for some of us who have not read the story. <laughs> uh, all right. In in the movie, uh, Christian Bale plays Moses, and uh, Joel Edgerton plays Pharaoh uh, Ramses. And it's the story of them having been raised as brothers and until one day Moses comes to realize that he is not actually of Egyptian birth. He's actually one of the Hebrews that the Egyptians keep as slaves. And needless to say, Ramsey says, I can't have you here, uh, kicks him out, and Moses goes and lives his life. Then a couple of years later decides through a vision from God, he needs to go free his people. Uh, and he does so with much effort. The end. The end. So basically, it goes through the, the book of Exodus. It, yeah. How, how do you think this movie compares to other movies like The Ten Commandments, which have uh, dealt with Moses' life? The Ten Commandments, I, I haven't seen The Ten Commandments in a long, long time. Uh, I th- I think the last viewing I was watching is still running because <laughs> it's a long movie. <laughs> <laughs> the Ten Commandments is 50s Hollywood spectacle. Yes. It, it cares less about being a biblical story than about being a crowd-pleasing story. Yes. The Ten Commandments made even less attempt at depicting uh, the the... All right, let me let me explain what I'm trying to stumble over here. There is some controversy with this movie uh, as to how white Welsh Christian Bale uh, is supposed to be a Middle Eastern Hebrew. And he does not look anything like any of the other Hebrews in this movie. Even Ben Kingsley, who's also from the same country as Christian Bale, looks more like a Hebrew than <laughs> Christian Bale does. <laughs> But he's better at pulling off the whole international look. Joel Edgerton and even John Turturro <laughs> are are at least made to look somewhat Egyptian. Yeah. But but Christian Bale doesn't pull it off. He was cast more for the general aspect of of Moses' character. Where, yeah. Where he's and and by I mean the war leader general, uh, uh, uh that Moses was um, in the Egyptian palace, and later on, once he's leading the Hebrews. And that he pulls off 
just fine. He he, yeah. he delivers a commanding performance, for lack of a better word, as a commander. The Ten Commandments, it looks pretty. It's grand for the day in which it was made. Yeah, it has the look and yeah. feel of, like, Ben-Hur. Yes, and which also starred Charlton Heston. Yeah, Kovadis. Yeah. yeah, this movie did not try to be like Charlton Heston. This movie tried to be like a, a modern you know cgi enhanced there there's there's plenty of cheesy stuff in this movie don't get me wrong uh the my one sentence review as i came out of it was it was less laughable than noah oh yes there uh, there were at least no uh, rock monsters in exodus yeah there was there was a lot of stuff that they they added in and interpreted and it was i would say less offensive to christian sensibilities but I think if you really look hard at the movie, I don't think it's one that you I don't think really depicts a, a, a Christian outlook. Well, it's in the Old Testament. It's not supposed to depict a Christian outlook. Well, let me put it this way, a, a uh, Judeo-Christian outlook. <laughs> okay. Yeah, John Turturro is an Italian-American playing an Egyptian. Joel Edgerton is Australian. Which I didn't realize. I, I thought he was British. If you're Australian, I think it's easier to do a British accent than if you're American. I guess. <laughs> I pull it, that off. Yeah. <laughs> I, the only thing I've seen him in was Star Wars. I guess he's been in a bunch of other stuff. He's like a critically acclaimed actor. Yeah. What else did I see him in? He was in... He was in something called Fighter with Tom Hardy, I think. Yeah. Was that him? Yeah, Warrior. Warrior. Thank you. Fighter was a different movie. Yeah. Uh, he was in The Great Gatsby, King Arthur. I never saw that King Arthur movie. Yeah. I got through like five minutes of it. Yeah, it I, was, it I, was I like heard I didn't need to. Uh, that King Arthur movie, notable for being the first co-starring venture of Hugh Dancy and Mads Mikkelsen from NBC's Hannibal. Oh, okay. They, they were both in that. See, he was also in Zero Dark Thirty, um, Animal Kingdom. That was uh, that's uh, an Australian uh, movie. Ab- I uh, think about the a mob family okay. in Australia. I didn't, I didn't it was see that. supposed to be pretty good. Okay. Smoke and Aces, nope. which wasn't good. Yeah. Attack of the Star Clones, Wars. which wasn't good. Hey, that is my least favorite of them. See, I like that because you took me to see well, that with yes, your press pass. I, yes, I. You took me to see that a week before it came out. And yeah, I remember we liked it at the time. Yeah, I watch it again now, and it's I it's still awful. like it. Well, I, I like your edit where you took R two D two and C three P L out of the end. Ninety five percent fewer puns. Yeah, it, it actually it actually makes it a better movie. <laughs> so where were we? Yeah, we were we were in Egypt and and wondering why there's no Egyptians in Egypt. And no Hebrews. I, there, I saw an article about that too, uh, with that same sort of lament that there's it's totally whitewashed. Why it will? Yeah. As a director, he's just looking to get the best actors. He for he the characters, he he know. said there was if they had cast region specific, there is no way they could have gotten any kind of headliner and still gotten it funded. Yeah. But he said it kind of dismissively. I forget his exact words, but he was the the quote I read was was kind of dism like he didn't even. It never even crossed his mind to try. Yeah. 
Like, you know, would would anyone have gone to see Noah if what's his name wasn't in it? Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe. Yeah. Sorry, I, I had Joel Edgerton in my head now. Got my Australians mixed up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, would anyone have gone to see Noah if Russell Crowe wasn't in it? And all else being equal, maybe they would have been better off. Yeah. It's Russell Crowe's Rus- fault. Russell Crowe would have been better off if he <laughs> went in it. Yeah. It. Yeah. Noah was like a total reinterpretation. It's yeah. It, Noah it was, Noah was trying to be a 21st century spectacle movie. Yeah, it was by an art house director. Yeah, and he he just took he basically took the premise and crafted his own story about with like he did he did like fan service yes. with with all of the like he he worked in all of the beats that he needed to yeah to keep to keep the story. Yeah. But he made it uh, a character study on obsession, which... And then, don't forget, added fist fights and unnecessary family drama and... Yeah. <laughs> and rock monsters. Yeah. And... Never forget the rock monsters. <laughs> yeah. Well, in in this movie, Ridley Scott, I think he, he pulled the drama out of the story that was there. Um, I thought there was plenty of drama... Yeah, I mean, it was already there. It was already there in the story. And uh, I, a lot of it is implied between Moses and Pharaoh. You know, he was raised as an Egyptian, so it, I, I think... I, I mean, the Bible doesn't talk specifically about the relationship between Pharaoh and Moses growing up and, and that they were friends. It, uh, so they, they gave it the requisite 21st century prequel backstory? Yeah. Uh, well, that's the same thing they added on the Ten Commandments. You know, they th- that whole first half of that movie was totally invented. So, it, it, and refresh my memory. Like the, like in in Exodus, they don't have him being floated down the river. Yeah, that's, I know that's in Ten Commandments. Yeah, is that not in the Bible? That's in the Bible. Okay, but like everything else about you know Moses and. You know, being in the court and stuff that that part was invented in Exodus too. The the whole battle with the, who are they? The Malachites oh. or the Hittites? I forgot. I think it was the Hittites. They were they were fighting. Th- there's lots of those battles later on in uh, in Judges <laughs> when they and and Joshua especially when they leave Egypt. But I don't know that that part wasn't in there. And then uh, you know or Moses you know saves his life and all that that's all invented i didn't have a problem with that uh, the whole thing with the swords yeah <laughs> <laughs> wait that wasn't in the bible <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the stuff that was in the bible they changed dramatically like moses going up on the mountain and talking with god they had the burning bush there but he didn't actually talk to the burning bush he talked to a a, a little boy a little boy who was supposed to be God. Yeah. And he never told him specifically what he needed to do. He said, oh, you know what you need to do. The Bible... Yeah, he was a little brat. Yeah, he was. He was kind of bratty. God's not bratty. He's more like commanding. Here, in Exodus 3.16, Go now, gather the elders of Israel together, and say to them, Adonai, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to me, saying... I've been paying close attention to you and have come to see what is done to you in Egypt. 
So I promise I will bring you up out of the affliction of Egypt into the land of Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites to a land flowing with milk and honey. That's pretty specific. I mean, very specific. And well, that's, you know, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> Can't give all that away in the first third of the movie. Yeah, well, Moses kind of has to figure out what he needs to do. And he's exactly. It's the hero's journey. Yeah, he has to figure out first that he can't lead a rebellion. He tries to lead an, an underground guerrilla campaign against the Egyptians, teaching the Hebrews how to fight and how to shoot arrows from horses and stuff. And and then that doesn't work, and then God comes forth and says, oh, watch me. And then we come to the part with the plagues. What did you think about the part with the plagues? Oh, there were a couple times when I, I announced to Robert, Frognito, <laughs> this Saturday night on Sci-Fi. <laughs> I thought they were sufficiently gory isn't the right word, but I could see the Egyptians' misery quite plainly. That said, some of the effects used to show off what was happening were a little spotty. Yeah. The the worst offender being on Passover uh, with the giant black Independence Day-esque <laughs> shadow. <laughs> Falling over the pyramids of Egypt, and as each child is claimed, there's a candle that's blown out and and a sound effect. And this happens four or five times. Yeah. It's, can I say it? Yes. It's sledgehammery. Yes, it is. The, The frogs were plentiful, the flies were plentiful, the river of blood... And yeah. the whole time you can just imagine, oh, God, that must have stank. Yeah. Even biblical scholars have made the same sort of rational explanation that is given in the movie by one of Pharaoh's advisors as, well, since this happened, then, of course, you know, the fish will die, and that brings the gnats, and they carry disease, which brings the boils. Yeah, we have the blood, the frogs, the gnats, the flies. It... It's interesting how they start the plagues because... Don't forget famine and locusts. Yes. um, Yeah, the livestock dies and the boils and the hail. Locusts and darkness. And then the last plague is death. So, I I don't know. The problem I have is there's like a rational explanation for this whole movie. It could be that there's a coincidence that, you know, it's the worst series of natural disasters that... (laughs) <laughs> compile all at once on Egypt and it's not miraculous and I don't know. N- let me start with the blood. They they show alligators, or no, they're not alligators, they're crocodiles in Egypt. They they come out and they start just random Easting. Yes, eating people off of boats and then biting each other and that's what causes the blood. And then the the frogs crawled out of the river because it was bloody. And then the gnats came and the flies. And then the the livestock died and then people had boils. And then the hail came. Uh, it, you know, the Bible says the hail fell very severely with fire flashing up amidst the hail, the likes of which not occurred in all the land of Egypt since it became a nation. So they they depicted like thunder and lightning as the fire. But I don't know. That's more likely... A, a good description and like in the Ten Commandments they actually show the hail catching on fire so that's a more literal explanation it, don't you think by trying to go more literal it 
gave it a little more gravitas than, say, the Ten Commandments. Yeah. Uh, but I think what would have given it more gravitas is if Moses came to... I mean, they, they did the, the whole plagues more like a montage sort of thing. Or they just kind of came really yeah. quickly. And I guess if you're making a film, you want it to move along. Yeah, the movie was long enough. We did yeah. not need to see more. Yeah, but you have <laughs> it'll be Moses. on the it'll be on the four disc extended edition. <laughs> yeah, I guess I wanted to see Moses coming to Pharaoh like change your mind or this is gonna happen. And then you know Moses hardens his heart and says no. In fact, in Exodus ten, you know then um, Adonai, which is God, said to Moses, "Go to Pharaoh because I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, so that I might show." these my signs in their midst so that you may tell your son and your grandchildren what I have done in Egypt as well as my signs that I did among them so that you may know that I am Adonai so you may know that I am God everything that God does it's not clear that he's doing it in this movie though you know I disagree I I think with Moses talking to him and I I think has made plenty clear that they are from God and that it the it's the it's the Egyptians that are rationalizing it yeah. like like there's one of pharaoh's advisors is standing there you know giving in, in the chalkboard scene you know yeah. this is <laughs> this is what's happening and yeah you know because obviously they they wouldn't attribute it to the hebrews god yeah but moses character absolutely believes that yeah you know but here here's here's my thing before moses meets god he's going on up on the mountain to find some sheep in a rainstorm and then there's a mudslide. He gets hit in the head with a rock. And then he's buried up to his face in mud, which is kind of interesting that he did that, you know. Uh, it goes back to, like, Genesis type of imagery. But he sees the boy figure of God and the burning bush and kind of has this vision. And then he goes and tells his wife, and she doesn't believe him. Every time he's talking to God, no one else sees God. They see Moses sort of ranting to mm -hmm. nobody. Yeah. There are several scenes of Aaron Paul looking at him talking to nothing. Yeah. So I don't know if this is the way that Ridley Scott wanted people to think about it, but th there is a way where you can interpret this movie that all this is happening because Moses, because he got hit in the head by the rock, he's a, a, a brain-damaged delusional <laughs> man who thinks God's talking to him and does all these things and they just happen to happen you know yeah. through coincidence because these crocodiles decided to eat and then it started all the things and then as he's as they're exiting Egypt um, they come to the river not the river it looks like sort of like a river in the movie but it's the Red Sea the Red Sea um, which is interesting I for for Christmas a friend of mine got me a messianic Jewish family Bible. And it has in here the correct translation. of We translate it as the Red Sea, but the actual Hebrew says... Sea of Reeds. Sea of Reeds, or the Reed Sea. So we don't know if that's the name for the Red Sea that people gave it, or if it was like a river. So a as they they come to the to the Red Sea, and th they're, they're at a, a shallow part of the sea. Moses is laying down on the shore, and at one point he looks up and he sees like a meteorite falling. And then he wakes up later, and the sea is actually flowing away. And that people have attributed that 
to an earthquake, like the sea flowed the other way, so it wasn't flowing. Something like that happened to actually make the sea yeah. empty. So they, so again, another rational explanation for something I could have. So Moses could have been like the the the, the luckiest brain damaged delusional man, and that's the way you could look at it. Because at the end of the movie, the Bible says. God carved the the Ten Commandments out of stone, and in the movie, it's Moses doing it. So just like in Oh God, yeah. <laughs> That's why I said it's not as outrightly offensive to Christian sensibilities or the Judeo-Christian interpretation, but I, I, I think there is a way that you could look at it and say there's nothing miraculous I'm, going on here. I'm certain between the screenwriter and the venerable Mr. Scott, I'm certain the film was made the way it was exactly so everybody, believer and non-believer, could see it. You notice its biggest protest came because of its casting and not because of its content. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it was it was banned in Egypt because <laughs> it didn't depict Egyptians. It's, it's just as well. There. Yeah. <laughs> I I have to ask you something. Given all that, that you you know you've been sitting here going through with a Bible saying you know what was different and what some people might not like about it. Did you actually like the movie? I went in expecting another Noah. Okay. And it came out. It was better than Noah, so I I kind of liked it. I don't All think right. it's one that I'm I'm gonna pull out and watch every Easter. <laughs> I don't think they're they're gonna replace the Ten Commandments on ABC with this movie. But no, uh, probably not. <laughs> but uh, I I enjoyed I enjoyed the relationship between Moses and Pharaoh. I'm glad they didn't have. Uh, you know, we talked about the swords earlier. Why don't you tell us some more about the, the the whole swords MacGuffin? There was a plot contrivance where Pharaoh, early on in the movie, gives Ramsey uh, Pharaoh John Turturro. Yeah. The first spoilers. <laughs> the first Pharaoh in the movie, John Turturro, uh, gives uh, Ramses and Moses each a sword, uh, but they have each other's names on it as a means so they'll they'll always have each other's back they'll always be be there for each other right so at the at the end of the movie (laughs) when the egyptian army has caught up to them as they're crossing the red sea the red sea yeah (laughs) it's you you really expect there to be a final sword duel? It's like the, you see the showdown coming because Moses yeah. actually, you know, the water's starting to come yeah. back. You know, the Red Sea's starting to fill up again, you and just, it's Moses and Pharaoh. Yeah, the the tidal wave coming. They're you know they're fighting, and before Pharaoh can deliver the final blow, he looks up and sees the tidal wave. Moses gets a chance to escape into the the oncoming water and and Pharaoh gets washed back to his side of the shore. Yeah. And, uh, but, but that didn't happen. <laughs> thankfully. Yeah. We were expecting it. Yeah. And, the the tidal wave hit yeah. before they could actually Yeah. They could actually fight. They really they they really set these sorts up the whole movie. Yeah. And <laughs> I was like are they? We can have the the final yeah. knockdown between Moses and Pharaoh because that's kind of how, if, if you uh. know, constant listeners, uh, that's kind of how Noah ended with yeah. three different climaxes all going on in the movie at the same time. Yeah, 
So at, at least I'm thankful that Ridley Scott didn't do the total Hollywood ending. Yeah, it was not his best work. Um, yeah, but not his worst either. I've seen I've seen worse Ridley Scott movies. Yeah, it's uh, it's no Blade Runner. But then again, it's no Prometheus either. <laughs> I I hold Prometheus in pretty high regard. Yeah. Well, uh, many people don't. I know. Yeah. Screw them. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. What what would be your least favorite Ridley Scott movie? Oh, you know what? My f- least favorite probably would have been American Gangster. Off the top of my head. Yeah, I had I'm that gonna, one. That I'm going to say right. that. That was kind of boring. That was two and a half hours and not a lot happened. Also, True Confession Time. I'm not a huge fan of Gladiator. Yeah, I'm not either. I thought the I didn't like the way he shot the the action with. Uh, I didn't have a. Pr- it, I it just I thought it was boring. It was uh, slightly undercranked. No, yeah, I know exactly what you you're know? talking about. That didn't bother me I- aesthetically. My problem with it was I thought it was boring. Um, didn't see the counselor. I heard that was bad. I liked Prometheus. Robin Hood was okay. Now, Kingdom Body of, of Lies. I didn't know that was him. American Gangster, that was boring. Didn't see a good year. Kingdom of Heaven was all right. Matchstick Men was all right. I have to see that. I have to see Black Hawk Down. Hannibal, yeah. This was this was better than Hannibal, and I like Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. But this was a this was a better movie than that, and that wasn't. A lot of that was Thomas Harris's fault. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna have to say a good year. You know, White Squall kind of sucked. Yeah, I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a good year. Legend was okay, but Legend is slow. <laughs> Blade Runner and Alien, and then The Duelist was his first. I haven't seen that. So the my least favorite of the ones he's done, I, I think American Gangster. Yeah, I'm going to have to put the one right before that, A Good Year. It okay. wasn't, I don't, that wasn't a good year for... <laughs> about a yeah, I, I a did, British it, investment broker inherits his uncle's chateau and vineyard in Provence, where he spends much of his child, where he spent much of his childhood. He discovers a new laid-back lifestyle as he tries to renovate the estate to be sold. Good lord! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See what I mean? Does anything happen in this movie? No, no. <laughs> How? What's the run? One hour and fifty-seven minutes of him renovating his uncle's estate in Provence. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, you know, all right. pretty stuff in there, right. but yeah, but I, I, I came out. I, I didn't come out feeling like, uh, like someone had punched me in the chest. Like I came out of Noah. Uh, you told so. me you liked that when I did that. <laughs> I'm that, sorry, that, that was ma- inappropriate. No, that made me feel better <laughs> after seeing that movie. But this one, yeah, I mean, I came out thinking, yeah, yeah it's pretty good. I mean. It's all right. There were there there were some laughable moments, like some of yeah. the effects, like the tornadoes, the shadow. There's a part where um, Joel Edgerton is uh, talking to Moses, and Moses says something about God, and Ramses is like, "I'm the God, I'm the God," and I I leaned over to Robert and said, "I'm the captain now." <laughs> <laughs> that was a better movie than this. <laughs> It was. <laughs> Whether or not that was historically accurate, that was a yeah. better movie than this. I mean, this movie was all right. I, d- yeah. I didn't hate it. Yeah. I, I, I didn't hate it either. I'm not going to buy it on Blu-ray. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to run out and grab it either. I would say if you're looking to see a different spin on... Yeah, rent. Red box it. $1.50 on Blu-ray when it comes out. 
Yeah. Because I thought the costuming and everything was actually really nice. It was. It didn't seem like like over the top fifties. You know, because there was there was that style of to the like yeah. the Cecil B. DeMille ones that was almost like the uh, you know the, the shiny unitard spacesuit that that <laughs> you saw in the fifties yeah. sci-fi of the era. You know, they had the same kind of uniform for biblical pieces. Yeah, in this. the the toga with the belt and the the sand and sandals and all that. <laughs> Do archaeologists know if that's how twelve hundred BC actually was? Is there any kind of evidence or research we have we have the uh, the hieroglyphics okay and everything because i mean there was the scene in there where they were the the pharaoh was proofreading the the battle that they just won that that was going to be put on the wall i'm sure i'm sure that had to have happened you know okay the pharaohs were very keen on telling history their way um this you know because there there's evidence of um like there was uh, a woman who was pharaoh of Egypt at one time, and um, she was uh, was it Nefertiti? I thought it was Nefertiti. Nefertiti. I'm not sure. I'm not up on my Egyptology. Yeah, I took a college course in that, and I failed that part. <laughs> it was terrible. I couldn't get all the years straight. It was bad. But and that was like a biblical archaeology class. That was I I I did terrible. Anyways. <laughs> Um, I know for a fact that some of that stuff you can see where it's chiseled off the rock. Mm. You know, they they're like, let's delete this. So <laughs> this wait, there are historical documents that are accepted as fact that have possibly been edited for a certain point of view. Oh come on, <laughs> don't start with me. <laughs> Look at the Dead Sea Scrolls. This is a, the Bible is very reliable. <laughs> Anyways. My final judgment on this movie is it, it's good to go see once. It, you won't hate it, but it's, it, it won't be your favorite movie either. Right. I'm glad that big-name grade-A directors are doing these, like Darren Aronofsky, who did Noah, mm-hmm. and Ridley Scott, who did this movie. I'm glad those directors are doing these rather than like grade-B hacks. Or, to put it the way my friend at work put it, Ridley Scott instead of Tony Scott. Yeah. So, at least it was pretty. You know, it was inter- it was interesting. Rent it. And, and I'd also like to throw in that they do eventually get to showing Moses and the Ten Commandments, but it feels tacked on to the end because it has nothing to do with liberating the Hebrews like the rest of the movie. It feels tacked on to the end like... Yellow Sinestro at the end of Green Lantern. Yes, it's it's shoehorned in there for the fans. Yeah, uh, like um, like like the last five seconds of Passion of the Christ. Where Jesus, yeah, Jesus walks out of the tomb. Yeah, it's like tacked on fan ending. So, and then I kept I kept waiting for the Marvel esque stinger during yeah. the credits that like teased Jesus in the ne- in the next movie but it never it yeah. never came. Well, there this is this is the first part of a trilogy. So <laughs> the next part is uh, the, well, the 40, next, 40 the years in the wilderness, oh, Exodus, okay. smoke and fire. <laughs> you know, cuz they had the pillars of smoke and the pillar of fire and then Joshua takes over and the third and final Exodus, milk and honey, the fight for Canaan. There you go. Okay. 
See, <laughs> see how I did that? It's like let's franchise this baby. We got, we only did, we only did one book of this collection of stories. We could do the there's, whole thing. There's, I I can't think of an, any other time when they took one book and made three movies out of it. <laughs> Uh, was it with Exodus that we saw the trailer for the AD movie, whatever it's called, The Bible Part 2? No. I forget when where that was. I saw a trailer for the next Bible miniseries. Oh, really? Yeah. That that uh, must have been... It must have been in front of something else I saw. Yeah. Because when I went to see Battle of Five Armies, it was... No, it, it wasn't. was all the the yeah. tent poles that are coming out next year. It, yeah, it was uh, insurgent. I um, didn't see insurgent. We saw um, Jupiter ascending. And yeah, that, that looks dreadful. Yeah, I'm sorry. Mila Kunis, if you're listening, you're not a movie star. Please stop. <laughs> and Channing Tatum as a dog boy. He's a dog boy. He's a dog boy. Yeah, I didn't get that from the yeah. trailer. Yeah, he's okay. he's got like twenty years and. He says, and in, in the trailer I saw, he said something like, uh, "I have more in common with a dog than I do a human." I guess and, I just and, thought and that and was supposed says, to be witty. And she says, "Oh, I like dogs." No, that's he's actually, yeah, half dog. Believe it or not, I want to see it even less now. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, didn't think that was possible. Yeah, Jurassic World, which oh, I do yeah, want to see. That look, uh, that that's a good looking trailer. Uh, Chris Pratt, he's he's yeah. a movie star. If you had told me seven seasons ago. <laughs> Watching that rough first that rough first season of Parks and Recreation where he was just a guest star. He wasn't even in the main cast. Oh yeah. And he was just sitting there with his was it his arms or his, it was his arms cuz he couldn't play his guitar. Yeah. That he'd be a genre movie headliner. I would not have believed you. Yeah. He he does lunkhead really really <laughs> well. So, good for him. And what was the other? Oh, the Terminator Genesis, which I really don't want to see. I kind of do. I uh, I like I like the Terminator movies, but they're I I freely admit they're doing the whole Star Trek time yes. time travel reboot thing. Doesn't Why not? doesn't Daenerys Targaryen really look like Linda Hamilton? That's her. Yeah, she looks Kinda. exactly like young Linda Hamilton. Yeah, they should. They made her hair too dark, though. They Whatever. Lightened I mean, it up a little bit. She would have looked exactly like Linda Hamilton. Yeah, but. that Jay Courtney guy, nothing like Michael Bean, though. No. They should have just gotten Anthony Yelton back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they might as well have. <laughs> they could have. Should have. No. No, Joel Edgerton wasn't in. He wasn't in Terminator Salvation. Who was the other one in there? It was Christian Bale. It was Christian Bale, Anton Yelchin, and uh, Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington. That's, yeah. That's uh, other, other Aussie. Other Australian actor. Yeah. yeah. What's he done lately? He was in, like, everything. and then He's doing, he's doing like, the next three Avatar movies. They haven't started those yet. I thought they did. No. Huh. Oh, well. Yeah, I could wait for those. I'm, uh, no yeah. I, the first one was... You, know, you notice cool how you don't see... You don't still see people excited over Avatar. By the time that second one comes out... Like, even in the five years between the Matrix movies... Yeah. You know, people were saying, when are they going to get around to making, you know, the next Matrix sequel? Yeah. Nobody's talking about Avatar. Nope. But what we are talking about is the greatest adventure stories from the Bible. As everyone should. So let's get to it. All right.
are back, and thanks to the magic of editing, Robert and I just sat through an episode of the show that we're <laughs> discussing in TV Corner. Well, I watched it. I think you tolerated it. I, <laughs> I think that's an accurate description. <laughs> All right, so give us a little background. You're the, you're the one who informed me about it. Um, yeah. one of your... Oh, that was a couple of weeks ago. Hang yeah. on. Um, <laughs> Uh, a few weeks ago, the buddy of mine from work that I was uh, mentioning earlier uh, was trying to describe to me a series of Bible story cartoons uh, that had been out in the 80s and was produced by Hanna-Barbera. And I had never heard of it, so I looked it up on Wikipedia, and I can't seem to find it now. Uh <laughs> But what I what I found was there was a series of straight-to-video releases called The Greatest Adventure Stories from the Bible. And it, it, it was, in fact, done through the 80s and 90s. They were uh, released straight-to-video, kind of like the VeggieTales ones. They've come out with every couple of years from 85 to 93. Wow. Uh, the Greatest Adventure Stories from the Bible is a direct video series produced by Hannah Barrera that tells of three young adventurers, Derek, Margot, and, quote, their nomad friend, Moki, who travel back in time and watch biblical events take place in the past. The series ran from 85 to 93 for a total of 13 episodes. That is uh, taken shamelessly from the Wikipedia. And true to its name I, I i've watched two of these today now <laughs> and uh that's pretty much what they are these three kids end up going back in time and seeing adaptations of sunday school stories but with them worked into it uh picture futurama but in reverse yeah uh and uh, before we go any further um I, i'd like to uh, rob paulson is, is a veteran voice actor two-time Emmy winner, Pinky from Pinky and the Brain, Yakko from Animaniacs, Raphael from the original Ninja Turtles, Donatello from the new Ninja Turtles. Uh, he's done countless other things. I hear him on Curious George. He's been on Veggie Tales lately. Really? He was in the most recent uh, video release, uh, Beauty and the Beat, and he is on uh, Veggie Tales in the House on Netflix. Ah, oh, okay. So I, I'm a big fan of his work. I, I'd like to get that made clear before I say this next sentence. Moki's just a little offensive. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a it's a cheesy over the top He's supposed to be comic relief. He, he's supposed to be comic relief with a bad accent and it's just twenty five years later it's you'd yeah. never get that now. But yeah, yeah, they're they're nomad friend. He sounds more like Pinky than any other character he does. Yeah, I was waiting for him to say, "What are we gonna do tonight, Jesus?" <laughs> Except they didn't actually meet Jesus. They met some guy named Benjamin that Jesus had brought back to life, and yeah. they talked to him for half an hour. And yeah. and Benjamin told them all about Jesus. Yeah, and they go through the miracle stories. Yeah, and, and it's. Yeah, you know, it's pretty accurate to the Bible story. I mean, yeah, it, it looks like hastily drawn. I don't know why it took yeah. them, uh, you know, what, 13 years to, well, no, it was eight years. So probably like two episodes a year, right? 85 I, to I, 93? I don't have that information. Uh, I don't know how frequent the releases were. Yeah, so it, you know, it took seemed to take a long time to put them out. Yeah, Wikipedia doesn't have, like, original... It has a column for release dates, but it doesn't. They just didn't fill in that blank there. Okay. Wikipedia is supposed to know everything. Come on. 
<laughs> yeah, and IMDb has them by the episode titles. They don't have a greatest adventure page with episodes. Really? Yeah. Huh. I also oh, wow. watched I watched the Moses episode this morning and they made they made Moses look like Charlton Heston with the long white beard and the red striped yes, uh, tunic. Exactly like <laughs> Yeah. Charlton Heston. Yeah. And, but and it, it also employed some of the same tropes as the movie like the big cloud yeah. that pass over the big black yes. foreboding uh, blob. But more accurate to the Bible story than Exodus or Ten Commandments actually were. (laughs) They kind of had to be. They only had a half hour to fill. That's right. So it was easier to fill. And as with with Exodus, these cartoons feel no shame in portraying biblical characters as white folks. Jesus in, in the Miracles episode looked more white than ever with light brown hair and deep baby blue eyes you could get lost in. Yeah, they didn't actually use color on the skin. They just no the white background, <laughs> the, the white paper. <laughs> yeah, the stories uh, were accurate to the the Bible stories. I was kind of fuzzy on Benjamin's story. They that that might have been a little. I that, that might have been inferring from several yeah. of the resurrection stories. I uh, yeah. Wait a minute. Uh, now that I think about it, I, I admit I wasn't paying that close attention. Did I miss Lazarus? No, they didn't. They didn't do it. Maybe he, maybe Lazarus got his own special. I don't know. I don't see. I'm not sure how you could do a half hour about yeah. that, but yeah, they oh, did. they could have plenty of antics with the three kids. Yeah, well, here here's the episodes in the series. Digging up some graves, and Moki could be saying, "Look, I raised the dead too." <laughs> That would be ab- about <laughs> on par for his the, inappropriateness. Yeah, that's so. the le- that's the kind of humor. That's that's what goes for comic relief yeah. in, well, in these episodes. I, w- I watched a couple of these on YouTube with my kids, and uh, the one I bought on DVD at Big Lots, The Miracles of Jesus, that we just watched. And they like, because this is aimed at kids, so I had, mm-hmm. I had them watch it with me, and I asked them, well, what did you think about it? And they liked the actual parts that depict the Bible stories, they hated the parts with the kids. So I don't yeah. know what Hanna-Barbera was thinking, that they needed a scrappy-do in there. So. <laughs> oh, God. Because he's so popular. <laughs> All right. We ha- so here are the episodes. They have the creation, Noah's Ark, Joseph and his brothers, Moses, uh, Joshua and uh, the Battle of Jericho, Samson and Delilah, David and Goliath, Daniel and the lion's den, Queen Esther, uh, the kids were familiar with that story from the Veggie Tales. I uh, which one's Queen Esther? She was like a Hebrew, and the the king of Persia married her. The Jews are going to get killed, so she or one of her cousin Mordecai was going to get killed. She came before the king and asked him to save him, and so he did. So uh, there's Jonah, uh, the Nativity, miracles of Jesus, and then the Easter story. So they have okay. I thought about watching the Christmas one today, but ran out of time. But that they do have three episodes dedicated to Jesus: his his birth, his life, and his death. So that's kind of the same breakdown as uh, the mini series, wasn't it? Yeah, they had like four, I think. Yeah, out of ten. Yeah, and then the rest of the New Testament gets like twenty minutes. Well, we already talked about that. Yeah, but yeah, but, but this one, 
you, you could tell it, it was made to be shown in the Sunday school classes yeah. and stuff. In fact, I think I'm going to take this disc and donate it to my church for the Sunday school. Uh, you know, why not? Yeah. So, but You're not going to hang on to it and just pop it in for, you know. One, we, got, one, we got a half hour to kill. Let's, let's watch The Miracles of Jesus. If I want to watch Rob Paulson make dirty jokes, I'll watch Pinky and the Brain. Yeah, or listen to his podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You know, I I I haven't listened to any of those. I have to I have to sit down and yeah, so they're yeah. It's it's him talking to his buddies, but the the stories they tell. Yeah, well, his buddies are all other voice actors. Exactly, Maurice Lamarche. Yeah, has he ever talked to Mark Hamill? Yes. Really? Yes. Mark oh, Hamill I have has to been on. I have to get that one. So, yes. Uh, look forward to Star Wars Episode Seven, seeing Luke Skywalker back. But. Uh, Oh, sorry. I, I was starting to tangent I, there. I was, I was gonna, uh, I was gonna reel you back in in yeah. another second. Uh, what do you think about this? I, I kind of, my final is, I kind of agree with my kids. It's, it's, their intentions were good, but their the execution was flawed. Yeah. Well, they they still followed their formula in. Yeah, that's well, it, it. Was very Hanna Barbera, wasn't it? Yeah. And keeping with my my love for you know giant monsters, you know, mentioned my I got my Pacific Rim action figure for Christmas. Uh, this is a lifelong love, and I grew up you know watching Godzilla movies and on the afternoon. And then for a short time, they had a Godzilla animated TV series, which Hanna Barbera produced. <laughs> Godzilla would come out, and they they couldn't get the Godzilla War, so it was um, Frank Welker doing this oh, wow. kind of noise every time Godzilla. So it was that was kind of disappointing. But watching these again, yeah. They, but if you if you them. have to if you have to get somebody to do Godzilla, you have yeah. to get Frank Welker. Yeah, I mean, who else? Yeah, you know. How so, did this turn into a voice acting podcast? I'm, I'm getting to my point. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I, it, it's. Not I, that I'm take complaining. A I would. Way. I would. I would love to do a voice acting podcast. <laughs> we should. Yeah. We did should you go hear? Did you hear the sad news? The oh. lady who did the voice of Dexter and Babe and Chucky Pickles oh, died. Yeah. The other fifty-one years old. Yes, I did yeah. hear that. That is. It's a. It's a damn young. shame. Too young. Yeah. But uh, anyways, getting back to my tangent. <laughs> There, there was a character invented for this Godzilla cartoon series called Gadzuki, and oh, he was. I've heard he, of Gadzuki. Yes, he was <laughs> like the Scrappy Doo, and at the end of every episode, he'd do something silly and stupid, and then they'd go, "Oh, Gadzuki," and I didn't really get this when I was a kid, but watching him again as an adult, it's like this is terrible. It's awful, <laughs> and that's what Moki was in this. He was Gadzuki. He was Scrappy Doo. He's is that part of the Hanna Barbera formula that should have been tossed out like new Coke? You know. <laughs> <sighs> uh, okay, so, so <laughs> I that. think that about wraps up the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I, I I guess that's how you felt about him. Yeah, way, uh, I'm. I won't be watching the other eleven. <laughs> Let me put it that way. <laughs> So yeah, it's 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 good to watch maybe once or twice in Sunday school, but yeah, uh, it's and just just read the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could be our review for Exodus too. <laughs> just read the Bible. 
Alright, so next time on Checking the Gate, uh, what, what do we have on tap? Yeah, uh, we're gonna do God's Not Dead. Under protest. And so, uh, in TV Corner then, we'll do Preachers of LA, which you can find online, you can stream it from the, the Oxygen Network website. They only have a couple episodes, but you only need to watch a couple to get a... I'm only gonna watch one. ...flavor for it, so... Yeah, it's an interesting look at the life of prominent preachers in the L.A. area. So it's about it's about mega churches, right? Yeah. Okay. These are these are not small churches that these men run. Okay. So they have a, a comfortable lifestyle. Let's put it that way. All right. Until then, you can check out our website, ctgpodcast.com. Look us up there's, on. There's an app. There's. Robert at CTG Podcast on Twitter. Me at Mike Lampatti on Twitter. Uh, we have our Facebook page Facebook, at CTG Podcast. I, allegedly, we have a Google Plus page. Does anybody use Google Plus? I, I sure don't. That doesn't count. <laughs> but it's there. If <laughs> if you want to leave a message, it might send an email to one of us. <laughs> Who knows? Okay, so until then, this is Robert saying keep the faith. And Mike saying peace out.